Hey, it's Bethany here. You're about to listen to one of my most favorite episodes. It's with my coach, Jeff Arthur. He was the very first coach I was ever introduced to. In fact, I had no idea what life coaching was until I met him, but you're going to hear all about that inside the episode. I wanted to pop on really quick and let you know that I've designed a seven day mini course that's called Shift Intensive. It's for driven women. If you're a driven woman and you're looking for a shift in any area of your life, this mini course is for you. It's $47. It starts live on June 21st, 2020. If you're listening to this episode and it's past that date, no worries. You can still register for shift and the group is active and ongoing and you can catch all of the teachings, all of the recordings and do it at your own pace. So the beauty of this is that this group doesn't go away. So you learn and you grow together and then there'll be new members continually added that um, will help you grow and learn more too. So I'm so excited to do this with you. This is my heart work and it all began because I decided to take a leap and have a life coach speak into me. So you're about to meet him. I'll let you do that. Um, the shift course can be found at www.shiftwithb, the letter B.com. That's shiftwithb.com. Enjoy the episode and I'll talk to you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dialed In. I'm your host, Bethany Clemenson. Today, I'm here with a very, very, very special guest, Um, the safest person that is in my life, my my coach (laughs) and my dear friend, Jeff Arthur. Um, Jeff is the founder of a company called The Values Conversation. He's a highly accomplished and experienced executive coach. He's worked with Fortune 500 companies and CEOs, as well as small and medium business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, Jeff has been a voice in my life for a decade, and I wouldn't be Holy on this cow, entrepreneurial. Been that long, really? I know, I know, and I wouldn't I'm be sorry, on I just, the journey. I, I just. <laughs> I just screwed up the whole train of thought. I apologize. <laughs> really, 10 years? Great, googly moogly. Holy cow. Sorry, I know, go ahead. I sorry, know. folks. That I blew, think... me. I blew me out of the water. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. So I, um, I believe it was like the end of 2009 that um, when I was looking back at my paperwork and my very first notes from our very first session, believe it or not, I have that. Um, I believe the date That's was great. like... Yeah, so it's it's crazy. I, I believe but, you. Um, I, I, I don't doubt it. It's just time like that, it always messes with my mind. It's like, yeah, we've known each other forever, but then at the same time when you say it's 10 years, it's like, holy cow, 10 years have went by. That's crazy. So anyway, yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry yeah. about that, folks. Yes. No, this is great. So, um, so I wouldn't be anywhere near where I'm at in my journey and have the level of awareness that I have and, and understand – um, well, how to be a coach. Um, you, you were the first person um, you gave me training and took me under your wing and taught me so much that has completely changed not only my life, but 
my entire family's life and how I relate with everything and everyone in the world. So thank you for that. And I'm so excited to share you with our listeners here at Dialed In. <laughs> well, it is absolute, absolute pleasure. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm chuckling at that phrase when you say, you know, you're thrilled to share me with your, your, your listening audience because that's the exact phrase that Tara used whenever I was coaching her uh, personally. And sorry, folks, Tara is a, a, a business owner, small business owner that uh, I was working with on a personal level. She was uh, just one-on-one. And after about six months, she said to me, I would like to share you with my staff if you are willing to come into my company. And I'm like, absolutely, that's no problem at all. But she's, not, she's the only person that's ever said that uh, until you just said that. So that's like, wow, that took me, back, <laughs> took me back to that conversation. So, yes, absolutely. And I am thrilled to be here. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely thrilled to be here. And I want you uh, folks listening to know that you should be thrilled that this is just audio and not video because I am not, I have a voice and a face both for radio. So um, this is, you're getting the best of all worlds right here. So we're, we're great. Here we go. Oh, boy. <laughs> so anyway, I'm here, Bethany. Go for it. What else? Right. Where, where are we going okay. to go? What are we going to do? <laughs> okay. So, you know, when I think back to my journey with you and in the beginning, I mean, there were just so many things that were mind-blowing to me. I mean, I'd never heard the term belief system. I didn't understand what it meant to control your emotions or have your emotions control you. And um, just looking back and thinking about all those things I learned at the beginning, it was kind of like trying to drink from a fire hose. I mean, it was just mind blow after mind blow. But the thing that probably serves me on a daily basis that I refer back to, I ask myself, you know, are my emotions controlling me or am I controlling them? And it took a lot of work to get to that point where I can just like ask myself that question and bam, I know the answer. And before I had to really think into it, ask myself maybe 10 more questions and whatever. But I wondered if you can help listeners understand what it is that makes us live when we're bound to our emotions, like what that looks like and how to be aware of that. Sure. So the thing to understand is that there's always a driving force behind the decisions that we make or the choices that we make. Um, The most simplest way to break it down is we're either going to make choices based on what we value and who we are as a human being we're going to make choices based on our emotions. Now, there's multiple emotions that we all deal with every day, but there are a lot of uh, key driving emotions like anger or fear or guilt or loneliness or shame and resentment. The, you know, there's, there's a lot of driving emotions there. So what happens is that if I'm in a situation at work or uh, family is a lot of triggers for people, but if I'm in a situation with a coworker or with a sibling or other family member, 
and XYZ happens, whatever it is, it triggers an emotion in me, and then I act from that emotion or I react from that emotion, uh, whatever it is. Uh, maybe somebody says something to me and it's disrespectful. Uh, well, that emotion uh, of, of anger or that emotion of uh, guilt or whatever could be there uh, drives, the, drives the behavior and I mouth something off or I uh, physically get red-faced or I begin to break out in a sweat and then I, I lash out or something like that. Or a lot of times what's really, what's really cool, Bethany, is it gets really a uh, um, web of connection here. Uh, I have that conversation with a coworker and they irritate me and they anger me and I don't say anything to them because, of course, I can't lose my composure with a coworker. But then I'll mm-hmm. go home and yell at my spouse or I will – um, you know, drive too fast and get a ticket, or I'll come home mm-hmm. and um, grab a beer, or I'll do whatever because I'm acting from the emotion that was triggered by X or Y or Z. So mm-hmm. the 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 emotion is driving me, and I don't even think about it. It, it doesn't even occur to me that this is mm-hmm. um, that this is driving my actions. It just it just is. I remember um, it, I, it was a personal illustration. When I went through my divorce, um, there came a point in time where my lawyer said to me, hey, you know what? You're getting a lot of speeding tickets. And I'm going, no, I'm not. And I look back over and I and over a span of about six months, I had accumulated uh, a ton of speeding tickets. And, and, and I didn't even realize it in the moment as I'm being pulled over time and time and time again that the anger in me was manifesting itself in me just, you know, in my mother's words, driving like a maniac. But I didn't mm-hmm. even recognize it. I, I didn't even see it until, the, until a third person is going, I'm fixing a lot of tickets for you. Uh, you know, I'm reworking the whatever so that you don't uh, lose your license or do whatever and just paying the fines. And I, I hadn't even noticed it. So anywhere, anywhere from that of I'm eating too much or I'm drinking too much or I'm driving too fast or I'm, I'm uh, you know, jumping off the handle or I'm um, whatever that is, and it all can be emotion driven and I don't even recognize um, that I've been triggered by that emotion. Am I saying that where it makes sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think, you know, you touched on something that we teach to our coaching clients, and that's painkilling or, or numbing. Um, and maybe that would be something good to even talk about, too, because, you know, when, when we're led by emotions, we, we want to numb or painkill those um, so it doesn't Absolutely. hurt so bad. And, yeah. Absolutely. So we kill the pain in multiple ways. Um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of choices. Some of the, some of the um, uh, more famous ones or more readily used ones, uh, you know, I, I'll drink too much. I will eat too much. Um, could get into drugs. Um, I'll work too much, work out too much, be on social media too much. And the idea here is 
that a lot of this stuff in our life that is more than fine, it, 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 it loses, it, it, gets, it starts to grow outside of the boundaries that it's, that it's best for us. In other words, one of the reasons that eating too much is so easy for people to fall into to kill the pain is because nobody can tell me that I can't eat. You can't mm-hmm. tell me, Bethany, that, that I shouldn't be eating. Of course I have to eat. Therefore, I can hide behind the, well, I have to eat to live, and, and that gives me the excuse to back off anybody who's going to try to try to help me with that. Same thing with work. What, are you going to tell me I can't go to work? No, you really should probably go to work. But then when I wind up working 80 or 90 hours a week, um, I don't realize that I'm trying to numb the pain in my life because uh, I don't want to go home. Same thing with mm-hmm. church. Uh, there are religious zealots out there that will tell you that you can't tell them not to go to church or not to be involved in the church or not to be, not to be a follower of God. Well, no, absolutely. But, but man, I can, I can become a zealot and hide behind the Bible so I don't have to deal with the pain that I'm carrying in my emotions. So uh, all this stuff. And, and it was also interesting, Bethany, is that there, there are even like the smoking and drinking and the, and the eating, those are physical manifestations of me literally trying to push the emotions down. Because every time I grab a fork full of mashed potatoes or every time I grab another beer or another shot glass full of bourbon or every time I light up another cigarette, I'm literally physically pushing the emotion down. I'm, I'm packing it down with the mashed potatoes and macaroni and cheese. I am uh, slugging it down with the, with the beers. Uh, whenever I'm deeply inhaling the smoke, uh, I'm physically trying to push it down. It, it was always interesting to me. I, I distinctly remember, um, you know, I'm, I'm over 50 now, so this would have been 45 years ago, uh, going to the hospital and um, walking through a group of people that were standing just outside the door through this cloud of smoke because they mm-hmm. were smoking outside. But the idea was, and, I, you know, my dad was a smoker. I was around smokers all the time, again, 45, 50 years ago. We all remember that. But the idea here, Bethany, is that I, I remember people talking about, you know, oh, I'm upset or oh, I'm nervous or oh, I'm anxious or oh, I'm whatever. I need a, I need a cigarette. And then people mm-hmm. smoke a cigarette, and then they say, oh, I'm calmer now. And, and now that I'm older, it's like, how is that possible that you were putting a stimulant in your body, and yet you're calmer? What, what is that about? Oh, because mm-hmm. I'm shoving the emotion down. Right. I, I will always remember with the food, I'll always remember um, driving along with the kids. They were young. They needed a stop and uh, do a bathroom break, and I pulled into a, um, a mom-and-pop um, truck stop area, and we, we go in, and um, off to the left, they had a, uh, a restaurant that was a smorgasbord, and they had a whiteboard sitting there with the list of what was on the buffet for the day, and I, I, I distinctly remember looking at it and laughing because every food on the board 
was a comfort food. We call it comfort food to give us comfort. Mm -hmm. Macaroni and cheese, mashed potatoes, apple pie, fried chicken, mom's meatloaf, all that different stuff. Mm -hmm. It was just listed all this stuff out so that these people can come in and fill up and engorge uh, and feel comfortable. Why? Uh, because that's offsetting the emotional push that I'm feeling, and I don't even realize I'm doing it. But, yes, I'll have, I can develop all these different painkillers to avoid what i got to deal with. Uh, that's why people can go home and be lost on Facebook for hours. That's why, uh, mm-hmm. <coughs> that's why people can get lost uh, for hours in video games. Mm-hmm. That's why people can get lost for hours um, on QVC and mm-hmm. other shopping network or Amazon or whatever that is where I'm avoiding the pain or trying to kill the pain so I don't have to deal with it. And it's all emotional pain that I'm running from. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know for me it was working. It was busyness. Like I wore my busy badge with pride, man. Like if I just worked harder and did more things, you know, maybe then I'd feel better about myself. Meanwhile, my relationships were falling apart, but I didn't connect those dots. You know, I convinced Absolutely. myself that, that I was doing those, that I was working hard for the right reasons to show my kids what it was like to have, you know, to be a successful woman, to, to provide, help, you know, uh, do my role in the family to, to help us make ends meet, to all, all the things I told myself when really I was just, I was painkilling. So when you're working with people, Jeff, is there like a, is there a formula or something you will say or an activity that they can do to recognize um, if they're painkilling and what the emotion is that they're, they're trying to get rid of? Well, one of the, sure, one of the exercises that we can do with clients is just kind of walking through identifying things that are not working in their life currently, um, different emotions that they may struggle with from time to time, uh, leading to a recognition of maybe a deeper pain in their life, abuse or abandonment or uh, some kind of chaos that they had to deal with, Uh, and then recognizing the painkillers that come from that and and being very careful with this because everything, like you, you just gave a personal illustration, which was spot on. And everything that you said, though, is exactly right. To be successful in business, I do have to work hard. Uh, Hard work is one of the values that every parent wants to teach their child. We want our children to understand, Mm -hmm. hey, you know what? Uh, You're going to have to have some grit. You're going to have to have some focus. You're going to have to do some stuff sometimes you don't necessarily want to do. You may have to get up early, and you may have to come home late at times. uh, All those things are true. So it's, 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 it's recognizing hey, there's, there's truth and positivity out here that I'm involved in that are all good things, but I have to have enough self-awareness to recognize that while all of those are true life statements, what I've done is I've started to hide behind that because I am trying to kill pain. And exactly like you talked about, Maybe that pain is nothing but I want to be respected. Uh, and, I, you know, the pain of being disrespected by key people in my life. 
or mm-hmm. I want to feel accepted. Uh, I want somebody to, to feel like or to treat me like I have worth. Um, and so, therefore, I want to make as much money as possible. People fall into all these different levels and stages of stuff because they're, they're trying to prove something or accomplish something or, uh, or do something that the only one that you have to prove it to is themselves, but they've convinced themselves that it's for all the right reasons. And it may be in part for all the right reasons, but it's the other part that is damaging and undermining all the positivity that I'm trying to stand on. Mm-hmm. So the formula is recognition of behavior, recognition of where that behavior is coming from, what emotion is driving that, and then what possibility of painkiller I have used. And here's the other thing, if I can real briefly on the painkillers, Bethany, we use different painkillers at different times. Like I have sat down with clients and, and they've identified stuff they've done um, to, to deal with the pain and, and they will, you know, I've had people say, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, when I was a teenager, it was the alcohol, you know, uh, but now as an adult, it's, it's the shopping or it's the work or it's the rescuing of people or it's the whatever. We, use, we can use different painkillers at different stages of our life because that's what's available to us or because that's what other people are using or because that's what m- was modeled for us from our parents or other influencers. So while I may, I may develop a, a painkiller at this age of my life, I may quote unquote outgrow it and use a different painkiller. And maybe not. I may, I may hit on a painkiller and say, man, this has worked great for me whenever I was a teen and in my 20s. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm quite certain it will work for, well for me right now in my 40s. And away we go. You know, when I have been working with clients, it seems to me that there's a direct correlation between the amount of painkilling that happens and people not knowing who they are. Like, um, I know I, I spent a lot of years just uh, doing what I thought I was supposed to do, and I just did air quotes there, even though you can't see me, but um, what I should do or what I was supposed to do, and not really ever thinking about who who am I at the core, what do I value, and really what do I want. And there are still times that I'll find myself like, I don't know, grabbing something to eat and thinking, Am I eating this because I like it or is it just because I've always eaten cheeseburgers? Like, do I really like cheeseburgers? And it, it's very interesting, I think, um, as I'm working with people, when I ask them really if they know who they are and what their values are and what they're standing on and what they really want, they don't know. And do you find that when you're working with people too? 100% you're 100% correct. You're, it's it's a it's about a level of uh, personal cohesiveness and it's about a level of personal congruency. So mm-hmm. if I'm not living in a level of congruency in my life, I'm going to be dealing with pain that I'm going to be trying to kill and th- I'm using the word congruent 
to go from the foundation, which is my values, up through who I am as a human being, on into what I'm doing with my life, the purpose of why I was created and what I'm doing in my life, and on beyond that to the strategies to accomplish the goals that I want to set for myself to make the biggest impact I can in my life and the lives around me. If that is not lined up and there's not congruency there, I'm going to be reacting to some level of pain. And it all Mm -hmm. starts with or all comes back to a level of recognition of the values. That's the foundation. That's where I start. The values, the recognition and awareness of values then leads to a recognition or an awareness of who I am as a human being, not a human doing. Mm -hmm. That then leads to a recognition of why I was created and what I want to accomplish because of who I am. And then that leads to the strategies to be put in place to accomplish the directions that I want to go in. But if I don't have that lined up, I'm going to be chasing my tail. I'm only going to get so far before I self-sabotage, or I'm going to continue to put myself in the position to be around people that are not helpful, not supportive of who I am and where I'm trying to go. And so I just continue to make excuses for the behaviors or for their actions, for their attitudes, whenever none of it is helping me and it's actually holding me back. So I want to recognize who I am so I can make better decisions on, again, the strategies and the people I want to surround myself with to help me get where I need to be. Hmm. Absolutely. I love that. So there's another big piece of this I'd love to cover if, if, you have time and so I'll ask you the question and if you don't have the time I understand um, I gotta go as I'm, thinking, See uh, as I'm oh wait <laughs> I'm supposed to wait till after the question I got confused please yeah. continue could you just like give me a moment please honestly <laughs> uh, so, um, <laughs> so something that helped me identify when I was being driven by emotion when you and I first started working together and something that I use early on when I work with clients is a discussion around um, the weapons to overcome. Is that the right term? Yeah. The yeah, weapons absolutely. to overcome? Wep- okay. Weapons to win, weapons to overcome, anything like that. You bet. Okay. So would you be willing to kind of throw those out? I know it's a lot, but, but oh, no, I think it's fine. It would- absolutely. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so what, what people, what we will do is we'll fall into behavioral patterns where uh, we're reacting to the emotions. And, and while this is um, going to be, what, what I'm going to, the information I'm going to give you is going to be on one hand, very general, but on the other hand, very specific. And, and, when I work with people, it's almost always like, okay, so is this all there is? We can always argue about there's more to it, but this will at least get us started to, in recognition and self-awareness of, mm-hmm. of what I can fall into as I'm reacting to the emotion. Is, am I saying that where it makes sense, Bethany? Does that sound 
Yes. Making sense? Okay. Yeah. So, yes. so, yep. so we can develop these weapons to win against the pain, all right? So, um, and these are in no particular order. None of these are better or worse than the other. It's not like this is the number one thing down to the least. It's nothing like that. These are all equal, all right? So um, one of the things I can do is I can be a problem. Um, one of the things I can do is to have this, what I call comfortable confusion. Oh, oh, I didn't understand that that's what you wanted. Oh, I didn't realize that you wanted me to hit this deadline. Oh, I didn't understand that, that you were going to do X or Y and you needed me to support whatever. I, I'm just constantly being a problem uh, with what people are trying to do. Uh, I can get them first. Uh, this is a person who... Um, has been screwed over enough or they've been left holding the bag or they perceive that they've been left holding the bag enough that they've concluded that everybody's going to try to get them, everybody's going to try to take something, everybody's going to try to get one over on them. So the only recourse they have left is to get other people before they get them. I'm going to get you first. Uh, another thing people do is change the rules. These are people that have no accountability. In the workplace, these are going to be the employees that are going to say, yeah, I, I know, Bethany, I know that you need me to work from 8 to 4, but golly, you know, I got kids, so mm -hmm. uh, I won't be able to get here till 8.30, but I need you to pay me from 8 to 4. <laughs> uh, and I can't stay late because, um, you know, I got to get my kids to um, soccer practice or it's my mom's birthday, or uh, there's an after-school uh, party that my daughter really needed to be at, so I'll probably have to leave a little bit before 4, but, you know, um, if somebody can clock, out, clock me out at 4, that would be really great, so I'm going to get paid. So I'm changing the rules. You know, oh, I, I understand that this is a weekend project that everybody needs to be working on, but you don't understand. It's Mardi Gras, Bethany, and I always go to Mardi Gras. Me and, me and my buddies, you know, we're always down there, and it's, it's very important. If I don't go, I'm going to be like, you know, I don't know. This really upsetting my whole, my whole uh, uh, college buddies here. So, uh, you know, good luck on that project. Uh, let me know how it turns out. Uh, make sure that you spell my name right on the paper that says that we did that, and I'll get you next time. You know, I'm going to change the rules because there's no accountability of my actions because I'm going to – try to change whatever is expected into whatever I need or, or don't need so that you'll leave me alone. Um, mm -hmm. Another one is, is keep them from winning. This is a person that's very similar to being a problem, um, but there, there's not about a comfortable confusion. This is the person who's going to do just enough so that you think that they're helpful, but not enough to actually bring it across the finish line whether that's a spouse, whether that is a coworker, whether that is a sibling, um, you know, they're, they're nice people, you know, but, man, it seems like you're always upset. Man, it seems like you're always attacking. Man, it seems like you're always judgmental. Man, it seems like you never quite get the, the, the project done in time. Man, it seems like you're always undermining me in the meetings. 
man, it seems like you're always, oh, no, no, not me. Oh, no, you totally misunderstand. Oh, no, that's not, oh, no, 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 I'm for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm your buddy. Oh, no, I'm your, I'm your sister. Oh, no, I'm your brother. I, oh, no, why would you ever think anything like that about me? I'm for you all the way. Not really. These are people who look like they're with you and look like they're for you, but they're not. Um, another thing that we can do is um, quit. Uh, this is a person who either engages and then disconnects. In other words, they say, oh, yeah, yeah. they commit themselves. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I can do that. They'll start the project but never finish it. Uh, they'll commit themselves to be there but never show up. Um, they will uh, have the best of intentions. They will have great creative ideas, uh, but no follow through. Or this is the person who has no idea how to say no, and they commit to everything, and they overcommit to a point mm-hmm. that they can't fulfill the obligations that they have agreed to because there's simply too many irons in the fire to fulfill what they said they were going to do. So this is the person who just wants everybody to like them so much that they're going to say yes to everything and wind up being a slave to everybody and accomplishing nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, another, another a weapon is not participate, which is very similar to quit, only this is the person who never engages. Um, I would suggest that the vast majority of marriages in this country are full of husbands and wives who are not participating emotionally in the marriage. Uh, I -hmm. would suggest that a vast majority of people who uh, are going to work before the pandemic and who will be going to work after the pandemic, um, they're not participating. They're not emotionally engaged. They're there. They're going through the motions, but they're not actually participating in the journey in the process or in the outcome. They're just kind of floating and kind of going through the motions. And um, another weapon that we can use is just to be the nice guy or the nice gal. And this is the person who puts a smile on their face and shoves their emotions down and says, no, I'm fine, Bethany. Oh, no, that doesn't bother me at all. Well, it kind of looks like that would probably bother you. Oh, no, 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 I'm above that. Oh, no, no, that doesn't bother me at all. And then they'll go home and they'll pick a fight with a spouse or a neighbor or whoever because they're, they're pissed off. And, and they have all this mm-hmm. anger and frustration and they don't know where to go with it, but they can't let anybody see that. So they'll, you know, go home and eat or they'll go home and watch, binge watch TV for eight hours or they'll do whatever because they don't know what to do with the emotions until they explode. And I'm sure we've all been in those situations where you see somebody and you go, hey, how you doing? And they just jump down your throat. You're going, holy cow, what did, I, what did I do? And then they come back and apologize. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to act like that. i just been struggling with whatever. Okay, well, that's fine. Or we've been the person who has jumped down somebody's throat and they didn't deserve it. Where did that come from? Well, I've shoved mm-hmm. down the emotion of all this other stuff over here and it eventually had to come out. So mm-hmm. I, I, develop all these, I develop all these reactions Mm-hmm. To, the, um, to the pain, mm-hmm. trying to, quote, unquote, and there's your air quotes again, win mm-hmm. against the battle of the emotion. And all those actions that I just laid out do, all they do is create more problems for me. 
and none of it is about knowing who I am, and none of it is about congruency, and none of it is about advancement or growth or peace. All it is is about reacting to the emotion to try to kill the pain to try to make it through another day. Right. And this is, there's so much to this. There's so much to unpack with this, which we don't have time for. But the more people I work with, the more patterns of this I just see over and over and over again. And there's such a need for people to really understand who they are and live into that because there's freedom. It's so freeing when you do the work of walking through your pain and getting through the other side of it. And, and I can say that with authority because I'm doing the work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, there's freedom. As hard as it is, I'd much rather do the work and walk through the pain than stay stuck my entire life in this cycle of crazy and not know it. And um, for me, as a, as a person of faith, I believe that one day I'll come face to face with God and I don't want him to hold his hands out and say, look, I gave you all these gifts. What did you do with them? And have me look at my life and say, well, I, well, I surfed Facebook or I drank or I just worked really hard. Didn't you see all the work that I did all the time I spent at work, you know? And, and so I think it, it takes um it takes courage to dive into this. And if, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, that kind of life is for somebody else or I don't have anything to work through, I'm okay, but yet some of this painkilling has, has rung true for you, um, I would challenge that thought that you're having and encourage you to dive into this, whether it be talking with a coach or uh, I'm going to give four questions at the end of this that you can ask yourself to dive into. You can simply spend 10 or 15 minutes every day journaling on this and finding out what your truth is and where you're at, what's working and what's not working. Um, Jeff, anything else that you want to add as we start to wrap up? No, no. I mean, you're, you're right. There is um, everything you said is fantastic. And I, uh, I uh, couldn't agree more and can't echo it uh, enough. Um, and, and you're right, there's so much to unpack. Uh, maybe one of these days I can come back and we can work through some more stuff. But um, the, the, the key thing to understand is that um, everybody has blind spots. It's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's not a judgment thing. It's just a thing. It is what it is. Everybody has blind spots. For me to grow and develop, the thing that I want to do is I want to find somebody that I trust that can help me, that doesn't have the same blind spots I have, that can coach me and can walk me through where I need to be to go to the next level in my life. Everybody, everybody is flawed. Everybody has the blind spots. Everybody can grow and become more. That's the fun part of the journey, to find out mm -hmm. what that potential is. Um, but I can't do that alone because I'm going to be influenced or affected one way or the other by my own blind spots. So I need to have that third person. And Bethany, you are fantastic in that role. And I would encourage anybody and everybody who is listening to this to at least connect with Bethany just a little bit 
to see if, if you guys can work together in some way where she can help you because uh, she can do and will do a fantastic job of helping you go to the next level in your life uh, based on who you are and what you value. So I couldn't agree more with what you said. Well, there's my little infomercial for the day. There you go. Well, thanks. Thanks. Thank you so much for being here. I, um, I always like to wrap up. Typically, I wrap up with teaching points, but I feel like this whole thing has been a big lesson. Um, so I'm going to wrap up today with something I've never done before, and that is leaving you with four questions. So listeners, if you're in a place where you can write this down, please do so. Otherwise, I will include these four questions in the show notes, um, and you can find them there. Uh, four questions are, number one, what are you using to pain kill? Um, this may be something that you recognize immediately or it may be something that you need to really think into and just be aware of. Number two, what is the emotion that is behind your pain? Again, <laughs> it may be something you can recognize, but it also may be something that you need to talk with somebody else about to uncover. Um, for me, I had no, I had no idea. I, again, it was a, the blind spot that Jeff talks about. It wasn't until I started working with him that I realized um, what I call my crazy, the extent of my crazy and how uh, I wasn't tucking it in very well. <laughs> so uh, working with him, I've learned how to, um, how to uh, deal with it and tuck it in, so to speak. So um, number three, are you living a life congruent with who you are? Um, and that begins with really knowing who you are, um, what you want, what the life is that you're supposed to live, what that whisper in your soul is about uh, your dreams and desires that maybe you've just forgotten about over the years. And number four, what are your behavioral patterns that you use to overcome the pain? Um, those, those several that Jeff listed, um, I know as he's walking through, I'm thinking, oof, I've done that. I've been that person in this situation. I know I probably spent a lot of time being the nice girl, but then that, that always comes out somewhere. <laughs> so so uh, thanks for those. And if you need to re-listen again to get all those jotted down, please do so. So um, Jeff, if people want to connect with you, how do they find you? Sure. There's um, multiple ways to do it. Um, our website is TVC for the Values Conversation, tvcleadership.com. So they can go to the website, tvcleadership.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn under Jeff Arthur. Um, we have a Facebook page, uh, you know, the Values Conversation. We have a uh, YouTube channel, the Values Conversation, uh, where there's multiple videos up. Um, so there's all kinds of places that they can connect with me and learn more about the values conversation. But for your listening audience, Bethany, I cannot stress enough to them that the best thing I can do is connect with you. Um, you're there. I'm in St. Louis. Um, you're a phenomenal coach. You will make a difference. Um, the guy who trained me whenever he, uh, whenever we first were introduced to each other, um, and we were talking about becoming a coach, and I said, I said, I don't know, I, you know, you're talking about becoming a coach. I don't know that I'm qualified. And he said, you need three qualifications. He said, you need to live life, you need to have screwed it up, and you need to have learned from it. 
And I said, well, I got two of the three down. I don't know about learning anything from it, but, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people who would um, argue that I haven't learned a thing. Um, but he said, well, I think that you probably have, but if you have those three qualifications, um, you'll do just fine. And, and you have lived life to the full, like everybody else, you've made mistakes, but you have definitely learned from it, and you're in a great position where you can positively influence other people. And um, I would encourage your listening audience uh, to connect with you. They absolutely can connect with me. Um, I am more than happy to support in any way and every way I can. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. Again, I appreciate you being here. I think we should definitely consider having you come back and we'll talk about something different next time. But um, listeners, thank you for spending time with us today. I know you have a lot of options of where you can spend your time and it means a lot that you chose to spend it with us. Um, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And until next time, take action, live big, and stay dialed in.